There's nothing better than conversation, real conversation between people, and they razz each other, they step on each other, and that's what I wanted to do is be a voyeur, and that's kind of the basis of what these musicians are. Without their instruments, it's like a quartet without instruments. Right. Well, the comics that were in Broadway, Danny Rose, the, the yeah. reason why they could feel that way is because they had the respect of their peers. Yeah, exactly. You know, so everybody who went into that room had to prove themselves. Yeah. But once they did prove themselves, you know, once that you were part of the wrecking crew, right. you kind of are for life. Yeah, you know? it's Glenn Campbell, who was one of those musicians, mm -hmm. said it perfectly. He says, it was like playing with Michael Jordan. But everybody in the room was a Michael Jordan. If you didn't play, you couldn't keep up. You're not going to come back. Right. And I mean, part of that was, the truth was technology. I mean, in those early 60s, you know, these guys broke in. I don't know how much you gave the audience a background, but basically these guys were hired to take over for bands because the bands couldn't play their instruments as well as as these seasoned musicians. Mm -hmm. You know, it would take the bands weeks to record something. Well, great example. The last song we just heard. I don't, you yeah. know, I don't know if you told them, but that, you know, Roger McGuinn said, you know, when they did the Birds, Tambourine Man, Terry Melcher was the producer, and Terry said, "Listen, if I'm going to do this, I need to have my guys on the on the instruments. We'll let, you know, Roger McGuinn. He could sing and he could play the guitar, and the Birds were pissed off. I mean, it was like, sure, mm, rah, rah. you know, and they didn't even show up for the session, so." But he, as Roger said, he says, we did the A side, Mr. Tambourine Man, and the B side in three hours. He says, now, when we did Turn, Turn, Turn with the band, it took 77 takes. Yeah. Now, he says, both number ones, but the truth is, that's why these guys were hired. They could not nail it in three, you know, fast and good. Yeah, they were like hitmen. They you were. just give them an assignment. They would come in and get it done. But the other thing about the movie I think that is so interesting is that they weren't living the kind of cliche rock and roll no, lifestyle. No, not at all. These were professionals. They were mainly a lot of family guys. Yeah. And they would just come in, do the work, and whether it sold, didn't they were on to the next song anyway. You're, you're, you're amazing. <laughs> you should go on the road with me, please. You could be, I would like to. I mean, yeah. It's true. It's People think, oh, your dad was a musician. You know, that must have been really cool. I didn't see my dad play guitar, literally guitar in the home, until the 70s, mid-70s. Wow. Because he was in the studios constantly in the 60s, and he never, in the 70s as well, but he never brought the guitar home to play because he's been playing 12 hours a day. Well, you know, it's weird. It's like none of us have ever really known what our dad did, right. you know, or what his friends were, what that relationship. It's always a mystery, I think, particularly to guys of that generation. So to, It was no different for me. Yeah. My dad just went to work. He had guitars in the trunk instead of a hammer and a wrench. So it must have been amazing for you just to see this unfold and yeah. see the way... Like I said, his peers felt about your dad yeah. in particular because that's always such a mysterious thing for a guy. That I think, you know what, you, you go into something thinking you really know a, the story inside and out, yeah. and there's those gems that people say something to you, and you just go, wow. you know. And that's what, you know, for me, it was the best. We find something new. And uh, particularly to know that he was part of something that is going to live on well yeah. past your lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you know, long past, uh, you know, we have no idea how long these songs are going to last, but they're embedded now. Yeah, and you know, I was just saying that yesterday to someone, 
What's interesting, like, we're in the 50th anniversary, seems like, of everything, the Beach Boys, the Beatles, and, you know, we're there. Now, when we were growing up in the 60s, go back for 40 years, we weren't hearing anything our parents were listening to, because technology, we didn't have that. Right. We didn't have the radio like we had then in the 60s. And top, rate, top 40 radio is really what pushed these guys' careers. Mm-hmm. Because once the record companies realized there was money in it, and they were going to make some money, that's why they were knocking this stuff out. Yeah. And um, now, what's interesting, is I, as I said to someone earlier, I don't know if, I don't think, it, listen, there could be the greatest song written today. It could be there. It could be the next Brian Wilson right now. The, it's hard for that person or that song to break out because now we have so much choice. Sure. You know, will there, in 50 years, will we know, you know, well, even if you look at top 40 radio stations in L.A. and New York, they used to get like...